Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I am Joseph M. Smith, the host of Tech Niche Tips podcast, where we help people break into tech, not just to get in there, but to also scale from there. Every week, I'll be having new episodes where I either talk from my own personal experiences or I share with my friends and people that I met along the way that have great tips and tricks, not only, again, to help you land a job in tech, but to help you scale from there. Join me on the Tech Niche Tips podcast. Until next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Stay tuned for more. Hey, it's producer Mike from The Homework. We are off this week, but we're doing a replay of episode 19 with our very own Cindy Gunraj because Joy is preparing to host a five-day intuition retreat in Costa Rica with Cindy Gunraj. The retreat dates are August 22nd to the 26th. There's still time to sign up. And if you want the details for this amazing five-day retreat in Costa Rica, head over to joy-andrews.com for all of the details. But if you can't go and you're looking to get a little bit of Cindy Gunraj and a little bit of Joy and the rest of the homework crew, check out this episode about your intuition and how to act on it. And remember, let's do some homework together. You know, my work really, it really helps folks to, to hone into that inner voice. You know, start to find and be okay with embracing that that part of them and, and learn how to exercise it and bring it out into the world. Wow, welcome to the Homework Podcast. I'm Charlene and my co-host is with me. Joy. Hey, Joy. Hey, I am Charlene. So, so, so good to hear your voice. You too. I know you guys missed me on the last podcast, but I'm back. Oh, and what a podcast it was, Joy. Wow. What an experience you had with Aaron. It was an experience. Yeah. And I'm still thinking about it now, thinking about like what my, I'm rearranging my office right now. And so I'm thinking about what is around me, what is behind me, what is under me and how many things I need to get rid of based yeah. on recommendation. And something about the springtime, Joy, I don't know about you, but I am like ready to start purging again and moving things around. I just feel Are like you? the energy needs to be shifted up coming out of the wintertime and just, you know, it's time to move, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to put some of the things that we heard Aaron talk about in practice. So if you missed that podcast, don't forget, we still have it ready for you. Share it with your family and friends. It is life-changing. But Joy, we also have another community member with us today. I'm so excited. I, I read her bio. Oh my goodness. I'm excited to just go ahead and dive in and just get started with our topic today. So I'll let you introduce our community member today. Yeah. Welcome, Cindy Gunraj. This is, uh, I really want to just like dive in here and say how we met because I think it's rare and also um also really a sign of the time so um i got a message on my linkedin from somebody and i rarely respond to those because they're normally sales pitches and mm -hmm. i didn't want to be too um too open in responding but this person was like hi I moved back to the area and I'm a divorce coach, transitional coach, and I'd love to meet up for tea and coffee. 
And I was like, what? There's no sales pitch. What? There's no multi-level marketing conversation to be had. What? There's no networking conference that we had to attend. Uh huh. And something just clicked. And I was like, yes, this feels good. And we met up for tea and it was in person and it was just this last year and we hit it off and I did my normal thing where I go deep too deep too soon and I just talk about <laughs> all the things and um and Cindy went right there with me and she was like oh I get it you go deep I'll go deep and so it was like an adult play date where things just clicked and we were able to talk about really um heartfelt things and doing the hard work yourself and so I love knowing you, Cindy, now. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I got to say, dang, you summarized that so good. And what a great intro. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's such a testament of your, um, you it, are somebody who follows your intuition. And I don't know how, why you find found me on LinkedIn and um, really what that, bigger force was that, you know, really met us together. And, um, but I trust it. And so I think that's also a sign of the times of people are attracting people who in their life who they need, or who will challenge them or who will bring up interesting lessons, you know, and so I think that's part of what you do is trust your intuition. So I'd love to hear more about, you know, tell us who you are, tell us what you're what your work is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm so delighted to be here and, and I could talk hours about my work, but if, obviously we don't have hours, but intuition is, is like the crux of it. And the way I came to intuition was growing up, I came from a beautiful culture. Um, I'm of Indian descent, part of the South Indian diaspora. And for mm -hmm. folks that don't know what that is, it's Indians that live in other countries, but their native homeland is India. Um, they could have born there and moved, or you know, they could have been carried due to, um, you know, trade back in the day through indentured servitude, that kind of stuff. So my my folks, my mom is from the Caribbean, actually, and nobody ever guesses that when when they look at me. Um, so I, my mom was born in Trinidad. My dad was born in Guyana. I was born in Trinidad. We came to the U.S. when I was about eight. And I'm taking you all back to this, this rich culture that I have because growing up, I really saw how uh, this rich, beautiful culture, you know, my mom is one of 12 kids. My dad is one of 13 kids, um, really moved from a collective point of view versus individual point of view. So they made decisions uh, with with including what would be best for the elders, uh, the grandma, the grand, you know, grandfather, aunts, uncles, cousins. I remember growing up, I had uh, attended parties with hundreds of people that were all my family. <laughs> so, you know, um, wow. yeah, it was really beautiful. And while that was lovely, I noticed that it was kind of hard to hear your own voice in all this, all this kind of um, big, beautiful, rich culture, cultural parties and, and religious parties and get togethers that were happening. Because 
there was rules that were spoken and unspoken. For example, women at that time didn't travel alone. They didn't live alone. They didn't wear... Um, my mom told me her dad was upset with her the first time she wore pants because she used to wear long skirts mm -hmm. or saris and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I grew up with, you know, very traditional men and women. And I found, you know, I found that it was hard for both, both folks, genders, uh, to hear their inner voice because they were following these rules, spoken, unspoken, and there was a lot of obligations um, and traditions that were were in place. So later on in life, I I saw how not following my intuition got me into some difficult difficult um, spots, like being in an unhealthy relationship or staying at a job for too long, um, where I wasn't, you know, being valued. Um, or not speaking up to, you know, that family member that's not being so nice, <laughs> mm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's why, I, you know, my work really, it really helps folks to, to hone into that inner voice, you know, start to find and be okay with embracing that, that part of them and, and learn how to exercise it and bring it out into the world. Um, so I do that in my work, particularly with women going through transitions and the main one being divorce. I know that was a long intro, but I had to take you all back. Yeah. And and I think you have also an interesting link there of you have also been through divorce and everything you just mentioned was part of the um, I don't want to say baggage, but we all bring baggage into our marriages and relationships. It's all just our life surroundings, you know what I mean? Just our environment of what we know and what we pick up and what we don't know yet, it comes with us into our marriages and relationships. Yeah, you know, you you naturally do what you saw your role models do, you know? Yes. <laughs> you know, a lot of the women I grew up with, they were the caretakers for the family. They didn't really manage the finances. They didn't really raise a lot of questions. Um, and if they did, they just weren't supported. You know, it wasn't a culture that really, uh, I'm not speaking for the whole culture. I'm speaking for what I experienced. Right. And I saw if I was going to accomplish my dreams and share my voice in the world, um, then I really needed to do something different. You know, I really need to step outside of the box boxes that I saw growing up. Um, so that is one of the main, um, that was, that was the pivotal thing of why I left my marriage because it, it wouldn't allow me to grow. But I think the bigger lesson there was when I came up against cultural stigma, you know, my folks were very, very upset about the divorce and, um, really thought I was a big, um, you know, I was disappointing them. I was a failure. I was really messing up my life mm -hmm. at, that, at that stage in their eyes, right? Because right. they lived the life um, through their lens. So that's that's the info that they have to share with me at that juncture, right? Mm -hmm. um, of course, it was hard to hear at that time. <laughs> was that like a shock? Was that like a death? Was it like a grieving process? Was that? It was a huge shock, Joy, because I, you know I was leaving a very 
uh, toxic, toxic situation. I mean, mm. it just, there was, you know, there was not good communication between me and my partner. I went, th I went through therapy and I learned that I was being, um, you know, bullied and stonewalled. And I didn't, these were all new terms to me, you know, because some of the women I grew up with, this was their life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it was a real, you know, I, I, I guess nativity that I, when I went to my folks, I thought, you know, there would be support, you know, mm -hmm. uh, talking to aunts and cousins and stuff. But no, it was, um, I think in their way, the way, the way, the way they were seeing it was they were trying to protect me, um, hmm. you know, by what they experienced women that were single or trying to leave a marriage or what have you, what they endured. So hmm. I get it now, but at that time, Joy, it was, it was pretty tough to understand. Wow. And looking back, Cindy, as I was, as I've been looking, listening to you and I was thinking first thing was well, many of us go through marriage counseling, premarital counseling before we get married, and we're focused on who we're marrying versus the families and the family influences that have had on us that we're bringing into the marriage. So I think one takeaway for our, for our listeners is if you are thinking about getting married, that not just the person you're marrying, but get to know some of the influences that have shaped them, their their beliefs and they're sit and they're not only just their beliefs, but just who they are and what they are thinking about marriage. What does that ideal marriage seems like? Right. Definitely. I, I think that's great advice. And I, I feel, you know, going into the way that I got married, like my folks, you know, a lot of them got a lot of their siblings got married at age 15, 16. You know, it was part of the culture for the parents, their their parents to be heavily involved in the matchmaking. I mean, at least, you know, over 85% of marriages still happen in, uh, arranged in India because the, 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 the boys and girls prefer the parents to, to pick uh, the match because mm -hmm. it's ingrained in part of the culture. Mm -hmm. And from young, you're a race to not only respect elders, but seek approval for, for um, big life decisions, you know, where to live, who to marry, when to have children, what to study. Um, so this becomes so natural to go to your parents to really get the buy-in for some pretty significant transitions in your life. That, that, was, that was some of my big takeaways from my divorce. Yeah. So talk to us about your work and how do you help people go through transitions? Yeah, yeah. So I mainly focus, uh, I'll focus on divorce women. Um, so I work with divorce women in all stages of divorce. So typically women will come to me. I work with only individuals only. And women are usually come to me when they're very confused. They are either, uh, they're trying to, leave the marriage, but something is stopping them. Either family approval, the backlash from the culture, as I mentioned, um, the denial from their husband. They, you know, they the husband may not be a good communi communicator, may not want to be on board, uh, maybe stonewalling them. Um, so my job is really to help them to find that right next step. And that right next step may not be a divorce. It may be marriage counseling. It may be 
um, learning to, you know, effectively communicate with their partner, right? Uh, but the point is they come and then they get their their right next step. And then if their right next step is to move through the divorce, then that's, that's I help them with the logistics. I help them with, obviously, um, you know, explaining the divorce transition and, and the things that they may not foresee coming. Um, and which is, you know, when you know what's coming, it's, it's, it's so much easier to prepare. Um, and then obviously connecting them to divorce professionals that are going to, to, to really walk them through this as well. So they, they feel like, okay, I, I have this circle of people now that is not only willing to educate me in this transition and advise me, but I have in my um, particular field, they have a sounding board, a thinking partner, and they have someone that's going to hold them accountable to get the logistics done, which is, that's like, that's some of the biggest uh, hurdles for people. I can imagine there's starts and stops in that process. So having someone like you walking alongside of them, helping them take another, go a, deep, a deeper layer, right? They come to you with one ready to go, maybe not ready to go. Mm -hmm. start taking action, stop, process That's why they want to stop, right? Yep. And how to take it, take the next step. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing of it, for example, going back to, you know, a woman that comes to me and is, she says she gets clarity. Her right next step is to have the divorce. Well, now our next time talking could look like, okay, let's have the exit conversation with the with family members with the husband right with whoever she wants to focus on that she thinks is the hurdle here um and then we walk down different paths and then we have an exit plan just in case because you know it can get it can get a bit uh uh bitter sometimes if it's this non-amicable situation hmm. um but the point is the the person has to um, feel confident, right, and clear-headed to execute a good action. And that's really where I come in to help them. It's such an interesting time that we're in because you and I were talking about this, Cindy, earlier of how you no longer decide to get a divorce and then go straight to a lawyer. It's like now you need a team of people to help you through the process, really, if you want to do it sustainably, if you want to save yourself through the process, I would imagine is you need you, you need this transition code, this accountability person who has seen all the angles of the finances implications, the family implications, the, the exit implications. And then you need uh, somebody who to, who you can talk about finances with, maybe that's an accountant, then you need an acupuncturist because you're probably going to break down. <laughs> then you need a therapist. Then you need, you know, you need all these people now to really usher you through because it's really, it it's a long process. It's not done in, you know, a day. Yeah, that's right. So I find a lot of my work is educating, helping women to hone into that intuition so then they can ultimately come up with, with their right next step, right, for themselves, mm -hmm. and then connecting them with folks that they may know of and they, they don't know exist, like a certified divorce financial analyst. You know, all these, these pieces that 
they're not aware of. And if they're in a, in a tough situation and they're having pressure from perhaps their, their soon-to-be ex, it, it's really great to be able to have a sounding board, a thinking partner, and start to learn that there are choices and you don't have to fall prey to this, this pressure that comes at you from so many different places. I love that you have yeah. been transformed your story into helping other people. Charlene, you and I talked about this before of you also as a trained coach, it's like helping people who have been through what you've been through. There's just nothing like that, of that you've transformed this muck into, you know, gold. And so you have this unique perspective into that specific challenge, whatever specific challenge that you've been through, you know? Yeah, I mean, as I listen to Cindy talk about her her own personal divorce experience, and I know you didn't go into a lot of detail, but the, the fact of the matter is, out of that came came your work, came your gifting, right? And listening to you and talking about divorce, I, I just recently read something that says, uh, staying married is hard. Getting a divorce is hard. Choose your heart, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, someone who may be choosing divorce may need to come to someone like you and talk through that because they don't know all the things that are going to go along with that, right? You know, you have some idea of it's going to impact the family, it's going to impact your friends, you know, your friend circle, your family circle, you know, maybe your financial circle, maybe those three buckets, but there's other pieces there that it sounds like you help women connect to who they are and who they were before the marriage. Can you talk a little bit more about how do you stay focused on that individual that came to you that may not even be the same person they were before they got married or how they transitioned during the marriage? So can you talk a little bit about that? Please? I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> because coach, coaches are curious, <laughs> like, my thing, right? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, one of the big things that that I see working with women is this forgetting of themselves in the mm. marriage. Mm. It's like, you know, and, and, and I get it, you know, they, they, I did, I, I went through that. I get it. You know, um, it's like, you may be catering to your in-laws, your children, um, being, you know, the chef for the house, the decorator, the ad, your admin for your husband, it, so many roles, right. Um, host, um, you know, managing vendors for your house, whatever, right? The list goes on. So it's so easy. It's so easy to forget, you know, your your life before um, you got married and the things you enjoyed. And I remember when I was working with a client and she had given up her love of dance. She really loved dancing. And, you know, after her marriage, she used to dance salsa. And she started feeling very, uh, it was a, it was a toxic marriage, you know, and she started feeling unsexy, not confident, you know, and, you know, she, she wanted to have children. He didn't. And, and, you know, they discussed it before they get, they got married and he was on board to have kids and then change his mind after the marriage. So there was, there was a lot of things that was really hitting her. And so working with me, we had to bring her back to that point of confidence. And one of the things she said that made her feel confidence was was dancing. 
Mm. Wow. So she started, you know, doing salsa lessons again, started going to, con you know, to, to venues and started connecting with that community. And it revitalized her in a way so she could make the transition in a, in a, in a healthy, supportive way, right? And that's actually one of my steps. I teach seven steps to my clients that I learned um, in my divorce. And one is you have to not only create that future woman while you're going through this, because you all know, especially you as a coach, um, if you have goals to look forward to or vision that's pulling you, then you're less likely to fight about a rug, you know? So uh, she just, she just, her confidence just started growing and she started bringing that into the divorce logistics so she could get the work done to move to her new chapter. So that's an example of how the, the past of who you were could tie in beautifully to where you're going. Wow, that's beautiful. And I, you know, I think as people are listening, Joy and Cindy, I think people are saying, well, this is great for people who, women who have been, who made the decision or thinking about the decision to make a divorce, you know, go and have, a, you know, Go divorce, right? Go say goodbye to my marriage and that marital life. But I think there's some pieces that any woman or anybody can take out of this conversation around keeping to your authentic self, turning, talk to us about the intuition piece. Because I think sometimes our intuition can become very dull. Mm -hmm. we're, we're to your point around staying in a job too long staying in a relationship too long, you know, just staying mm -hmm. up too long. So are there any pieces of, of wisdom in your work, you know, working with, particularly with women who are going through this major life transition of a divorce that even if you're not going through a divorce, that can still apply and be helpful? Because we like to be helpful to our listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the biggest things that I've learned um, when my life gets too busy um, or if I'm going through transitions, big or small. Um, one of the things that I've learned is to step away and find pockets of quiet time for myself. That can look like going into nature, going for a walk, a hike. I have a dog, taking the dog out for a walk. Um, you know, but the point, what am I doing at that time? I, I'm, I'm taking in nature. I'm taking in all the senses, you know, the, the, I go deep, as Joy mentioned. I, you know, I can look at a tree and what I see is the veins on the leaves and the designs on the bark. And I just, that stuff, I get tickled. I, I love it. Like, you know, it's like, it, and when I do that, my senses heighten. And when my senses heighten, mm. the noise quiets down in my head and all of a sudden there is the truth of what mm. I need to do in any given situation. So nature has been a great tool for me, but most importantly, what I'm saying is you gotta get that quiet time. You also have to use that time as, as a way where you're self-reflecting, right? What is working in my life? What's not working? Hey, this tree is teaching me something. Ah, I see, it's teaching me to be tall and strong and grounded and stay still in the life, the storms of life. Gorgeous. Was that not beautiful, Charlene? I'm just like, oh, that was yeah. beautiful. You, you know, this this 
this podcast was birthed during the pandemic when we had to slow down, right? And mm -hmm. the connection that Joy and I made back then is what, this is the fruit of it from slowing down to, to see that there was something there between the two of us that we needed to do. I think the slowing in the slowing down will find purpose. The answers will come. And you said it so beautifully around nature. Wow, I'm, I need to go out and just look at a tree and see if I even see all the things that you saw. <laughs> but, but to be able to, to do that, though, tell us, why don't we do it? Why do we resist that? Right. Great. And Joy, you, you hear it all the time in your business, too. Why do we resist the slowing down? Mm -hmm. And resist change right. also. Sometimes people feel it's easier to stay in a prison, you know, in the prison of their mind, in the in a prison of their their routine of who they're with or the job, like you were saying, or um, just not wanting that change. Well, I'll tell you, for me, it was the fear of the unknown. That's why I stayed in my marriage. That's why, you know, I stayed as long as I did. That's why I took so long to speak up to, you know, family members that may be talking down to me. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, I, I was afraid of, of what was on the other side of that. And, and I see that with, the, with my clients. It's like they're afraid of, of how their life would be. They're afraid of hurting others. They're afraid of going through all these logistics. They're afraid of being um, abandoned or shunned by family members, their culture. So many, so many what ifs and um, that, that cripples, cripples folks. And it takes work. It takes, it takes work to, to, find your intuition. It takes work to listen to yourself. It takes work to go take yourself out on a walk. It takes work to meet with you. You know what I mean? And if somebody doesn't feel supported or safe in their relationship or, or their situation to even make the time, set that aside, you know, set that time aside to really put the intention into seeking help or connecting back with themselves is, is um, it takes work, you know, it's just like working out. It's like a workout for the heart. I mean, I know just with my husband, I say, I'm going to Rome. <laughs> I'm just going roaming. I don't, I don't know when I'm coming back. It's going to be, you know, could be an hour, could be two, three, four hours tops before I'm going to get hungry and come back home again. But <laughs> um that roaming part to your point of reconnecting with our senses, I have to force myself to do that because, you know, my life and my schedule can just pile up. But I'm like, if I keep it piling up, you know, I'm going to blink and it's going to be two years later and I will have forgotten myself. Similar to like what you're saying, people can so easily get caught up in a routine or a family tradition or this is just the way things are, you know suck it up buttercup it's like and so going to Rome to me is my version of um reconnecting with senses or intuition you know and but it takes work it's like so much encouragement to to for you probably to give women who are going through transitions you, you know it's I've noticed a couple things helps with that you know one is if the individual has already tasted that new life like the woman going to salsa again, 
after, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. My work becomes very, very, very easy because they're now, they're getting pockets of it in their life in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. That's one. So, you know, if you can't do the hike in, the, you know, nature, you know, go out in your backyard, go, go take a walk on the block, you know, go out in the front and stare at the birds. It, it doesn't have to be this big thing. So that's mm-hmm. one. The other, t- the other is when you're making, when you're trying to, to, to change a habit, right? you're going to get pulled back because it does take effort to change that habit. So, you know, one of the things that I I tell my clients that, so they know it's coming, that's Mm -hmm. one thing. But I also, you know, I, I also share with them that it is taking effort to, to stay in something that is unfulfilling, right? Because they see what's happening. They're having panic attacks. They feel like they're walking on eggshells. They, they see they don't have peace, just peace, mm-hmm. right? That's all taking energy mm-hmm. to maintain. Right. So when I, when I reflect, back, reflect back to them what they said they wanted and what's really going on, then they see, oh, no, 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 I don't want to be spending my energy there. I got to, <laughs> gets to move along. Yeah, it's still an expenditure of energy to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's important to just pause and say that you're expending energy, whether you think you're doing it or not, right? And it's how you want to spend that energy. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. You know, it's it, it's it's sad. It saddens me though to say that we can't even give ourselves. We love. Do we love ourselves enough to give ourselves that peace? that time, that quality time to really stop and pause and do whatever that, do whatever you want to do in that pause. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of it myself. I'm guilty of letting myself get overwhelmed and, and and I know what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And even I don't even do it. So there's something in us that is, that needs to be re reimagined or just taken through a transition to get back to this intuitive state that you talked, you started at the top of, you know, our discussion around knowing, uh, knowing ourselves and, and really listening into our intuition and listening to our heart. Tell us what, what will bring us fulfillment and joy, giving us the warning signs, danger, danger. This is not healthy danger. We had Katie on talking about the toxic, you know, toxic work and work environment, what that looks Mm -hmm. like, all the danger flags are going and we're still just, plowing forward like a zombie. So how do we get out of that zombie state? Yeah, you know, one of the things I've noticed, you know, before I I work with someone, I I do like initial consult. And that really helps me gauge where is the person at? Are they really ready to change, right? Because thinking about the change is very different from wanting to apply it, right? Right, yeah. Um, So I I really looked for that when I talked to women initially and, um, you know, they've reached that point. They've reached that point where enough is enough. You know, I'm ready for my life now. I've raised my daughter. She's going off to college. I've raised my, you know, whatever it is, but they've reached that point, right, for that change. Um, And like I said, I think when we get tastes of what is possible for us, you don't want to eat that old bread, 
Mm -hmm. And the pandemic was clarifying also for a lot of people of, of who, of what they want their life not to be like, you know, (laughs) being in a pressure cooker in the same house with somebody. And so I, I've seen a lot of people making these big leaps in the last year, you know? Yeah. Right. And also you all know, you know, when you do, when you're, when you're feeling your best, obviously you show up better for not only yourself, but for others. I mean, you, there's like a glow about you, you know, there's this, I don't know. It's like this, you're vibing, this high vibrational thing is going on and people are, are really, um, you're a delight. You're a joy to be around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So even, even just like the work they do with you is probably so rejuvenating, you know, probably just refills their, their life tank because it's just you know reinvesting in themselves yeah and and i can see how i can see how the two of you joy and cindy can work because i know joy always talks about how things manifest in our bodies right and how acupuncture really helps release some things that are just bottled up in our in our in our physical body you know because I can only imagine that someone contemplating divorce, going through divorce, if you look at their cortisol levels, if you if you just did a scan of their body while they're in that process, I'm sure it's doing some internal damage that they don't even know about, right? You helping them get through that transition. I see Joy coming along with some, some treatments that will kind of alleviate some of that, right? Because when I was in my bad spot, Joy was treating me and I, I got to give, I have to give it to Joy. I know she's not a therapist. I call her my acutherapist, um, but she's an acupuncturist and other things. But I think the combination of just talk there, talk therapy, and then, you know, putting some treatments to those, those issues that have been a winning combination, if you will. Right. And I'm not trying to sell services here. I'm just saying sometimes you have to to combine certain types of therapies or treatments really to get a full rejuvenation. Yeah. And really combining that body, mind, spirit component of who we are already, you know, we are body, mind, spirits, and just having a mental conversation about something, you know, is clarifying, but there is also an experience that people are having going through these transitions and an experience is something that you feel, you know, it's mm-hmm. something that you, sh- you shift, you, your body responds um, in a totally different way. And so, and you're right. I've seen a lot of um, people going through these choices the last year and two years, especially of, you know, big life decisions that they're making and fatigue is probably the biggest thing that I see, just this overwhelm, this really heavy fatigue and some underlying things that start showing up like hormonal imbalances or hidden stuff that you can't really see like cysts, you know, um, stuff that is sort of like teeming under the surface, which is mirroring how their emotions are, which is mirroring how they have to mask a certain way, or they might be depressed but they have to keep carrying on in life you know what I mean and so in the treatment room it's like sometimes they can just open up a little bit or let the tears flow or have their body shift a little bit so that their body can sort of integrate help them integrate what they're mentally and emotionally dealing with you know 
Absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest issues I see is, you know, when you when you are thrown into these scary situations like divorce, it really throws you into your head and you get in, you're not in touch with your body. Hmm. And if you weren't in touch with your body before that, you're, it's even the, the change I see is even more scarier, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel your, your work, Joy, is so valuable in transitions because, I, I mean, and I recommend it to my clients too, is, is you have to make contact with your body, your breath, your whole instrument in change because your whole instrument is talking to you and science is showing this now (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. so it's it's not this kind of fluffy airy fairy stuff it's it's really being able to ground your whole instrument so you can access it and really make grounded decisions instead of this um reactive fight flight freeze kind of stuff that happens in our um, sympathetic nerve when we're pushed into our sympathetic nervous system, which isn't so sympathetic in these situations. Yeah. And, and then in, in coaching is called embodiment where you really let the person feel what they're feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, sometimes you see that pain and you want to hurry them through that process but no, you have to sit with it and let them feel it until they're ready to come out of it. So it's a beautiful thing. Man, we have talked, oh my gosh, Cindy, now I see why you in, use your intuition to connect with Joy on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Because there is definitely some synergy in the work that you two do. And we want to have you back. You're now part of our community. So we're going to bring you back on a, on a future show. And so we are just grateful for all the tidbits that you shared with us, all the takeaways that we have um, to help people who are resisting in transition, who are navigating through transition. And also to give us two, well, not also to, there's, there's a lot here for me that I'm just chewing on. Um, but give our listeners like, you started talking about your seven step process and we didn't want you to give that all away because, you know, we want you to give people your, your contact information so they can reach out to you, but give our listeners one thing that you think, whether they're going through a divorce or some other type of transition, what is paramount or what is key? Yeah, I would say the intuition piece really, um, you know, so my business the, is called Stillness Blooms. The tagline is called Be Brave and Listen to the Whispers of Your Heart. And it is that because I really believe and I've lived it. I've seen it. I really believe we have all the answers. But we get so busy with external noise and internal mind noise that we can't access that. And that stuff is like liquid gold that wants to direct us. I mean, you all have probably read The Alchemist, right? Mm-hmm. That, that screamed that, that mm-hmm. is, is paramount in your transitions. So I have to echo that, you know, be brave and listen to the whispers of your heart. That's beautiful. That's beautiful and powerful at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so where can our listeners find you, Cindy? Sure. I'm at stillnessblooms.com. That's my website. 
Um, and I also, you know, for folks, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So if you wanna, if you wanna follow me there, um, and I have a newsletter, you can sign up for it. I believe on my website. And Cindy's got two books, right? Two. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. You want to share the titles of your books? Yeah, sure. The first one's called Winning Your Parents' Approval for Divorce. Uh, and then the second one is called Listen to Yourself, The Brown Girl's Guide to Trusting Your Intuition. Love both titles mm-hmm. and both books. Well, it's been a pleasure having you, Cindy. Thank you so much for being on the homework mm-hmm. show. And don't forget... Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can find us at thehomeworkpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at thehomeworkpod. And we're streaming on Spotify, iHeart, App, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. But don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. So until next time, this is Charlene. Enjoy. Enjoy.